Hello, happy Wednesday. This is Mark Dent with Law Trades, and you're listening to this week's edition of 10-Minute Legal News. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about three different stories. Um, first, about Amazon and a new lawsuit uh, against the e-commerce company. Secondly, yet another lawsuit, this time a class action against Google regarding gender bias. And then finally, uh, an interesting story overseas, of, of which we've had quite a lot of lately, about Russia and how it's going after the biggest social networks in an anti-free speech campaign. But first, let's talk about Amazon, Jeff Bezos, etc. So last week, what happened was a court in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, led by the attorney general of D.C., which, you know, as you may or may not have known, has its own attorney general, just as, you know, states do, um, filed a lawsuit uh, that just may be a sort of... Uh, the correct ingredient for actually unlocking antitrust actions against Amazon. And I'll tell you why. So this lawsuit is almost purely about price. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of different sort of antitrust uh, sort of actions against um, Amazon before. Both the federal government has started looking into it, as have other states. But Washington, D.C. Uh, went after something else than, than what they have. And what Washington, what Washington DC did, according to its lawsuit, uh, is, is say that Amazon has barred merchants from selling their goods anywhere else for a lower price for, you know, basically throughout the company's recent existence, all the way up until 2019. They say that policy was changed in 2019, um, but was essentially replaced with a policy that is effectively the same. Amazon, by the way, denies this. But, you know, if you look at the lawsuit, you'll see that they have, uh, you know, different merchants kind of, you know, being on the record and, and saying how Amazon would say that they were not allowed to sell whatever it is they were selling somewhere else, like, say, Walmart, uh, for a lower price. So sometimes these merchants would have to, like, communicate with Walmart if they saw that, like, the price of their good had been lowered to lower than the Amazon rate because they were afraid that they would be kicked off of Amazon. So... Uh, in terms of just the sort of like the, the pricing and everything else is, is sort of familiar with what we've seen in some other Amazon antitrust lawsuits. But where this kind of hits a slightly different vein is that it seems to um, show a pretty clear opportunity to prove that Amazon has potentially harmed consumers with some of these actions, which is a, a major um, point um, necessary for proving antitrust. And that's obviously because if uh, Amazon has to have the lowest price, uh, then, you know, conceivably the prices should be lower elsewhere, and they're not. And everybody has to just go to Amazon, and, and perhaps the price isn't as low as it should be because Amazon wants to keep it a little bit higher uh, by putting pressure on these different merchants, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so you get the point, you get to the point of where um, there actually has been um, consumer welfare that has been affected. So antitrust experts, though, they're still a little bit split on the, the case's chances for success. Uh, obviously, as we know, uh, antitrust actions take years, so it'll be a long time before anything comes to fruition. Uh, but the consumer harm component is, is you know, it's legitimate. Uh, how, however, um, a lot of these same experts are questioning why wasn't this suit filed sooner? Um, because Amazon, if it's had this official approach, to setting merchants' prices, why was Amazon able to kind of go operate like this forever? It couldn't have been that bad. Um, so whatever happens um, in this, whether or not it ends up being good for Amazon or, or not, 
uh, it may not quite have the same reach as some of these other lawsuits. Uh, so far, this is just an action by Washington, D.C. only, not the federal government. So it, it's just essentially one district and not even a full state, as, as we've talked about before. However, there are more states that could join in. All right, so let's move on to the second story. And this week, that's about Google. And uh, it's about Google facing a gender-biased class action lawsuit. So some of y'all may remember this, but uh, back in 2017, four women um, fought a suit against Google saying that they were underpaid. Uh, they basically said that they were put on this sort of different track. Uh, Google has something that they call uh, job ladders, uh, and it led to them having lower bonuses and salaries throughout their time with the company. Now, those women no longer work for Google. And around the same time, uh, the government started looking into Google. And the Department of Labor, um, after an investigation, you know, basically corroborated a lot of what uh, the women were saying. And they found that Google had created, quote, systemic compensation disparities against women pretty much across the entire workforce. So now fast forward until just a few days ago. And a San Francisco court certified uh, a class action request um, from uh, the women who had originally filed the suit and their legal team. And now that means that instead of just being four women who are suing Google, it is 10,800 women, and they are suing for $600 million. And this could be, um, you know, it, it is a huge lawsuit, and it, it may uh, sort of give more credence to, you know, these earlier claims that have already been, you know, in, in some ways uh, uh, verified. I don't know if it's quite the right word, but... Uh, the, the U.S. Department of Labor obviously found that there was something there. And, and now we have this much larger lawsuit coming down the pike for Google. And now uh, another thing that could be on the side of the women who are now in this class action lawsuit uh, is that they are able to use the California Equal Pay Act, um, which in recent years has been expanded uh, to become stricter um, against them employers. Uh, it, it's basically created stricter rules against workplace discrimination. And as part of the class action lawsuit, they're saying that uh, Google violated the California Equal Pay Act. So this case, unlike our antitrust things, may actually be resolved a lot sooner. It could go to trial as early as next year. Okay, finally, we're going to talk a little bit about Russia. There's just been a lot of uh, crazy international stories here over the last few weeks, and, and this one uh, is, is, is perhaps one of the wildest ones we've seen yet. And, um, you know, the Internet giants over here, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, etc., as we know, uh, Amazon are, are having plenty of issues. Um, and, and some of those, particularly with uh, Twitter and Facebook, have been related to free speech, where you have this sort of political and legal tug of war, where you have... Uh, you know, certain sides saying that we need to sort of uh, moderate uh, these Internet companies more. Others say, hey, more free speech, etc. But Russia has really, really just taken this to an absolute next level. Um, and they have uh, more or less uh, told Twitter and, and Facebook and Google uh, that they need to just start removing all kinds of content and they need to start sharing a lot more data about Russian users. And this all kind of stems from January, where there was a, a protests um, against the Russian government. And, you know, those are things that do not make Vladimir Putin happy. And now Russia has been making steady demands um, to remove the content that it deems problematic and threatening them, um, 
by saying that they will slow their services, their internet services, and also um, uh, levy fines, although the fines are not uh, are not too large. Uh, so so far, Twitter has you know played a little bit of ball actually with the Russian government, and, and they have removed thousands of pieces of content that Russia has requested. Um, but you know they're also turning down a lot of other things. Uh, so far, Twitter and Facebook have declined to store data on Russian users as the authorities want, and, and they've been given basically a July first deadline. So who knows what's going to happen with regards to that? Uh, but this is um, you know Russia has uh, is, has kind of taken the lead on on a movement of greater policing of these social media and just American tech companies amongst uh, authoritarian governments. Uh, in India, the police just visited Twitter's New Delhi offices this week as sort of a means of intimidation. Uh, the Belarus president, Alexander Lukashenko, has banned live streams of unauthorized protests. So there's sort of this uh, global movement to really crack down on uh, big tech in a way that is far different than what we're seeing in, in America, um, in, in other parts of Asia, and in um, Western Europe. And it's something that uh, a lot of experts think is going to spread, particularly because Russia has so much influence. Uh, they see, if, if things keep going this way, uh, that Russia, uh, which has actually had a pretty free internet, uh, could be turning into something closer to the Great Firewall of China, and then basically exporting it um, to a lot of other countries. So we will see what happens with that, and I will also uh, talk to y'all again next week. So thank you so much for tuning in.